Spirit. Last week we spoke about how to deal with fear when sudden fear comes into your life. We looked at Proverbs chapter 3. And the main point that we focused on was that in the times when fear just comes against us, and we are living in a time like that right now. Amen? There, there's so much talk about the coronavirus, and, and there are people that are allowing fear to come against them. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen? As Christians, we should be grounded in His Word. He told us, in Matthew chapter 24, one of the signs that we're living in the last days is the fact that there will be plagues or pestilences. Amen? So why does this take us by surprise? It shouldn't. But it's an opportunity for us to minister the love and the life of Jesus. It's for a, an opportunity for us to come alongside those that are overcome by fear and point them to the Lord. And so today I want to look at just that. I want to talk to you about becoming agents of Jesus' healing power. How many like that idea? I want to be an agent for Jesus, and I don't want to be a secret agent. I want everybody to know that I'm an agent that belongs to Him. So I want you to look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, but we're going to look at the, the story of the centurion as well. Also, uh, Peter's mother-in-law. But I love this chapter because it's filled with Jesus' heart to heal people. And church, we need to receive that heart of Jesus. Look at verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed, and He cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Church, when we talk about the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not something that's a fluke. It's not something that happens, oh, if someone's lucky. It's something that was prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before Christ. And he said, this will be the ministry of, of the Messiah. This will be the character, the nature of God manifest through the, through the Messiah. He is the Lord, our healer. By His stripes, amen? We were healed by His stripes. By the precious, sinless, holy, righteous blood of Jesus that flowed from His body when He took those stripes upon His back, we receive healing. He paid the price. Are you thankful for that today, church? In this passage, there are three of 26 personal healings recorded in the Gospel. Where Jesus comes to individuals and heals an individual in a certain way. And there's other passages that speak of multitudes. And, and we have one here, it, we just read it in Matthew 8.16 where it talks about an entire multitude that comes. And church, I want us to see the fact that Jesus didn't just come in multitudes, but He came to those individuals that were hurting. We talked about it last week in Exodus, where, it's, where the Lord declares, I am the Lord your healer. And in the original language, the word is rofika. And the K-A at the end of that word means that He is our personal healer. 
Aren't you thankful for that today? Let's look at verses 5-13 through 13 in this same chapter. I want us to, to look at the centurion. I love the centurion. And I want to be like him in several ways. And I pray that you do as well. Look at verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. He's referring there to those that were faking faith. They were religious, but they didn't have a relationship with God. They were faking faith and they were living a lie. He's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The kingdom, they will be cast out into utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now go back to verse 14. Or to the next verse 14. I want to to look at another incident. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. But, But look what's next. And she arose and served them. There's a powerful point there. What are you going to do with the healing that Jesus lavishes on you? Think about it. Do we just want to receive Jesus' healing so the pain will be gone? So that we can function normally and go about our lives and just enjoy ourselves? What did she do? What did the mother-in-law do? immediately after her healing what does she do she gets up it doesn't tell us details but most likely she went and she prepared dinner for jesus and those with him right so she immediately turns around after receiving the healing and begins to serve the lord and serve those that belong to him and that's exactly what i believe that we're called to do And when we come and ask God to bring healing into our lives, whether it's a physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, whatever kind of healing it is, when we receive that healing, we need to get up and we need to praise the Lord and worship Him and serve Him and minister to Him. Amen? Because He just healed us. We receive that healing and then we need to serve His people. I want you to think about that. Now, I love God's grace that comes and ministers when someone has has led a destructive lifestyle, not knowing the Lord, 
They may have been involved in alcohol or drugs or uh, promiscuity and, and encountered some kind of sickness or some kind of disease just eating up their bodies. And we see God's grace intervening in those lives and bringing restoration and healing and deliverance to them. Amen? Are you thankful for that? But it's something else, church, when we already have that relationship, when we know Him, if we, if we turn and then we go and do things that are destructive. Because then it becomes almost tempting God. Or thinking, I can live any, any way I want to, and it doesn't matter. Jesus says He's my healer, so I'm just going to receive His healing, so it really doesn't matter how I live. Wrong. When Jesus was tempted by Satan after the 40 days, you remember what Satan did? He said, let's go up to the pinnacle of the temple and I want you to jump off and prove to me that God's angels are watching over you. And he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And so church, I want to ask you, are you tempting the Lord by wanting healing? Or are you like, the mother-in-law that says, I'm going to receive healing from Jesus. I have a relationship with Him. I love Him. And as soon as God touches my body, I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to live for Him. And I'm going to do whatever God calls me to do. And I'm not saying if God heals you, that automatically He's going to call you to a village in Africa for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that when we receive that healing from the Lord, we should be ready to serve Him in however He deals with our hearts. Amen? So there's a powerful truth right there that I want us to see. And I love that. It's a powerful truth. And so when I pray for healing, and I say, Lord, I also pray this way. Lord, help me to do things that take care of this body. Help me to not take silly risks where I hurt myself. And I know we're, we all make dumb mistakes. And I know we're not perfect. But I think there's a great lesson there. Also, now look, let's look at the centurion. I really want to focus on him for a minute. Two things about the story of the centurion. Jesus touches through people who understand and receive dimensions of His power. They're trusting the Lord to work in that area. Now, I want you to think about this. How many of us have ever thought, well, I don't know that Jesus really wants to enter that area of my life and bring healing? That's a lie from the enemy. Or we, we exclude Him and think, well, I know that Jesus can heal, but I don't know that He wants to heal me. That's a lie from the enemy. And church, we need to believe the Word of God. Amen? I love the fact that in the beginning of this chapter, when Jesus is dealing with a, a leper, and the leper says in verse 2, Lord, if You are willing, You can make me clean. Lord, if You are willing. And what does Jesus say? Jesus put his, out His hand and touched Him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. If you want to know how Jesus feels about you and your need, it's answered right there in the Word of God. 
Don't let doubt come. Don't let fear come, church. Believe God's Word. In Acts, I forget what chapter it is, 13 or something like that, it says, God is no respecter of persons. It means God doesn't choose favorites. It means God doesn't say, oh, I like Jess and I'm going to heal her. But that goofy husband of her, no way. That's not God. Amen? He's no respecter of persons. God loves you. He loves you just as much as He loved this leper. Turn to somebody and tell them that. God loves you just as much as He loves the leper. So church, we have to understand there is no arena or area of our lives that God does not want to enter into and make a difference and bring His power and authority and healing and deliverance into our lives. This centurion, you can see him as an agent by which the Lord ministers his healing life. This guy never would have been healed if it wasn't for Jesus, but also if it wasn't for the centurion. I want you to think about that. We don't see the servant coming to Jesus. He doesn't say the servant asks the centurion, will you go to Jesus on my behalf? The servant would not have received healing except there was a middleman who was the centurion. In church, our culture, we don't like the middleman. We like to go straight to the source, right? We want, we want the discount. We don't want to pay the middleman. But in the spiritual aspect of this text, all of us need to desire to be the middleman for somebody else who's hurting. Are you with me? Somebody who may not know Jesus. Somebody who may not know they can call upon Him for, for deliverance or for, for healing or for salvation. They don't know. There needs to be someone like the centurion that will say, Lord, I have compassion on that servant. I see his need. And Lord, just speak the word and he will be healed. Lord, I believe the word of God. Let your word come into this situation. Let the word of God touch his life and bring the healing of God into his life. How many want to be a centurion with me? I want to be a centurion. But so many times when we, we look at this passage, we don't, we don't think about that. We don't think about God using us in that specific way. But I want every one of us to be willing to be a channel for the flow of the Spirit of God to minister and for us to point, for us to intercede, for us to, to believe God for healing for those that are being tortured by pain of some kind. In this passage... One of the great Bible principles is, is brought to light. And look at verse 9 with me again. The centurion knows that what God says is true. And that what God says overrules any circumstances that we're abiding in. Did you hear that, church? He knew that the Word of God was the ultimate authority. And he knew whatever situation that we were facing, church, that God's, God's Word 
will overrule it. Verse 9 says, And to my servant do this, and he does it. So he refers to his servant there as being faithful. But the centurion mentions his faithfulness, but notice he doesn't talk about the servant pursuing God's healing or pursuing the Lord on his own. He was a product of the middleman, of the centurion. And I'm thankful for that. Look at verse 13. And his servant was healed that same hour. Church, I still believe in the miraculous power of God. If you've been in part of our congregation very long, you know you've heard me tell stories of how God has intervened powerfully. One of my favorite ones is my grandfather that was dying of tuberculosis. He didn't know the Lord, and I'm going to condense it, but there are those that haven't heard it. He was dying of tuberculosis. He was hemorrhaging and spitting up blood. He was walking down the streets of Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was, he was dying, and he knew it. He didn't know the Lord. But church, guess what he did? He looked up and he said, God, if there is a God, I want to know you before I die. And he kept on walking. He was quarantined away from my grandmother. He was quarantined away from my uncle, Russell, who was just a baby. But he heard music as he walked down the street. And it drew him. He listened to that music and he came to a church in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he responded, he walked through those doors. I'm sure there were people that turned their nose up at him. I'm sure there were people that thought, what is this bum off the street doing coming into our nice church? But the pastor was a godly man, and he saw him, and the Lord had spoken to him earlier, and, and said that there's going to be someone that's going to come into the service today, and he needs Jesus. So that he, the, the pastor responded to him, and he came to the altar. He led him to the Lord. Then he prayed for his healing. And that day, that moment, that in that time, God touched him and completely healed him of tuberculosis. And he went back home to my grandmother. In church, I've, I've shared that many times, but there's many people here today that haven't heard it. Church, there's other stories I could tell you about. I can tell you stories of in my own life. I can tell you about Mitch when, when, a, when a boat crushed his hand as a little boy and how God miraculously brought everything together and, and how he can still play today. We didn't know if he'd ever be able to play the drums, much less the guitar or piano or anything else. But we prayed. We believed God. And church, the, the thing about my grandfather's story is this. Church, you need to understand... I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for the healing power of Jesus. Because my, my dad wasn't born yet. He went back home to my grandmother. And later on, a year or so later, my dad was born. So when you look at me, church, you're looking at a miracle. You're looking at evidence. You're looking at proof that says Jesus still heals His children today. I want you to think about the social tradition that this centurion broke. Because we live in a culture, and every culture influences whoever lives in that culture. The centurion broke the cultural rule because he 
was over Jesus and over the Jewish people. He was a Roman. He was a Gentile. They didn't want, they looked at, many Romans looked at the Jewish people as inferior. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. And notice Jesus broke the cultural stigmatism as well. Because Jesus immediately says, yeah, I'll go and heal him. He, can you imagine Jesus looking at the centurion? Stand up, Bruce, you're the centurion. Yeah, you're a military guy, okay. Now, now ask if I'll... Tell, tell me about your servant. Say, my servant's sick, he needs... I don't know what to do. Jesus, can you help me? So we don't know what all the things that took place in that conversation. It gives us a little idea. But we know he was begging. He was coming to Jesus on behalf of his servant. Now I want you to picture Jesus saying, <laughs> you got to be kidding. You're a Roman. You've conquered our people. And you want me to come and help your servant now how many of us in our in our flesh would have acted just like that what does jesus do he breaks the cultural rule he says i'll come and i'll heal him oh, praise God. <laughs> guess what church we need to break the cultural rules it doesn't matter what, what background we are, and most of us are multiple backgrounds. It doesn't matter where we grew up, and it doesn't matter you know, how dark our hair is or how light our hair is. Those things, we are all one people, the Bible says. We're all of one blood, amen? So we, we need to look at, at every person we meet without any type of prejudice, amen? And I welcome, I, wanna, I want the... The church should be filled with various different people. Amen? Because guess what? That's what heaven's going to be like. I grew up in the South, and there was a lot of prejudice even when, when I was a young boy. There was still prejudice there. There still is today. And that's one of the things I love about Alaska is because there's not a lot of prejudice. You know, I mean, everybody, we come up here, and it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or you're poor. It doesn't matter what you drive. You know, we just, we're Alaskans, right? And we need to reach out like the centurion and, and break down the cultural walls and intercede for people. Church, God's will is to deliver, heal, save, fill us, and bless us. Amen? And notice the divine affirmation here. <coughs> Excuse me. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus in verse 7 said, I will come and heal him. There it is again. If you want to know how Jesus wants to respond to your need today, he says, I will come and I'll heal your emotional need, your physical need, your spiritual need. That's the word of God, church. It's not some crazy Pentecostal pastor just making this stuff up. It's God's Word, and I know that it's true. And the centurion said, I know the authority in that man is true. It is real. And God's Word is true. And so he believed it. 
And he was, he was saying, yes, all you have to do is speak the word. I love that. Look, look what he says to Jesus. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only seek a word and my servant will be healed. Now, I love that. Think about it, church. You're standing there in front of the Creator. You're standing there in the presence of God. Jesus is there. And He says, I will come. And all you, you do is you say, well, you don't need to come to my house. You know, you just need to say the word. Imagine having faith that God sees and He goes, wow. That's what happened. Think about that, church. The faith of that centurion, Jesus goes, wow. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I love that. Church, let our hearts cry out for that kind of faith. Because there's people just like that servant that are tortured, that are under tremendous pain and agony. He was paralyzed. The word there in the original means that his muscles weren't moving correctly. He, they, wouldn't, they had no motion in them. He was paralyzed. And on top of that, he had tremendous, agonizing, torturing pain. And the centurion says, you just speak the word. In church, Jesus has spoken us His Word. It's right here. This is His Word. It's powerful. How many want to have faith that makes Jesus say, wow? Verse 9, He gives us the reason for this great faith. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. He's saying there that there is power and authority in Rome that backs me up so that whatever I say is done. And he recognized that Jesus had the ultimate authority for any arena, for any circumstance, and that wherever Jesus' Word entered in, there was, it was going to take place. He recognizes Jesus functioning under unlimited authority. Now I want you to think about that. We already discussed the fact that Jesus said, I will. I will come. He said to the leper, I will heal you. So, if you want to know the, the answer to will God heal? Church, I don't ever want to hear anybody praying in a, in a situation for healing and saying, Lord, if it is your will. Because we know what his will is. It's right there. It's written. It's plain. He, he, he's no respecter of persons. He's not partial. What he did for them, he'll do for you. And you say, well, pastor, what happens when we pray and people aren't receiving their healing? You nailed it right there. It isn't on God's side. It's on our receiving. 
I've prayed for people numerous times and they haven't been healed. I've prayed for people and they've been healed instantly. I've prayed for people and it's been later on the next day or two or three days or a week that they were healed. But church, what does that tell us? We need to take a stance where our hearts are open always to whatever the Lord wants to do. Lord, help me to have a heart to receive whatever you want me to receive, Lord. But I'm not going to point the finger at God and say, well, it must not have been God's will because I didn't receive it. In church, there's been times I've prayed for healing and I haven't received it. There's been times that I've prayed, most of you know that I've struggled with back pain just about ever since I've been in this church. And I can tell you right now, God met me finally and healed that. I'm not having any back pain. I haven't had any back pain in, in probably two months now. But I didn't give up. I've been praying every Sunday night, crying out to God, God, touch my back, heal my back, Lord, I receive it, help me to be open, Lord, help me to, Lord, experience what you have for me. And I never gave up, I kept knocking on, on the door, Lord, here I am again. I didn't blame him saying, God, why don't you heal me? I, my heart was, God, help me to understand and help me to receive the healing that you have promised in the word of God for my life. And that's the attitude that we need to take. But don't come and, and pray, oh Lord, touch Pastor Harry, if it's your will to heal him. That's, that's, that's doubt. And that's not what the Word of God says. Line up with what the Word of God says. That's what the centurion did. Jesus, speak the Word. Speak that Word. And it will be so. That's the attitude we need to have. Amen? Notice this guy. He was dreadfully tormented. I want you to see something else here. The centurion... Get up and do your little thing again, Bruce. You know the... You're the macho military guy. You're the centurion. Right? He, he was the leader of about a hundred men. He was a man's man. He had been through battles. He was tough. He had true grit. <laughs> right? But I want you to see something else in this centurion. He had a heart of compassion. Thanks. Think about it. Mitch is going, yeah, it's not me. And I'm going to try to wind it up. But think about this church. He was the leader, a Roman centurion, a hundred men under him. He could have said, Guys, take this guy to the infirmary. Let him go die. Just get me another servant. He had that authority. A lot of those guys had that mentality. If you study it in history, the Romans were brutal. And they didn't care. But this guy saw a servant that was faithful to him. And his heart was tender. I want to ask you, church, when you see someone who's 
tormented, when you see someone that's, that's struggling in some kind of situation where they need healing, it can be emotional or spiritual or physical, whatever they need, do you have a heart that cares? Because if we're going to see God intervene in that life, it's going to start with us being a middleman that cares about what people are going through because Jesus cared about what people were going through. You want to see God heal miraculously? And this guy was miraculously healed. It was a divine healing, there's no doubt. It says that same hour. So it was a, a few minutes later. A whole hour didn't go by, but that same hour of time, he was healed. Now think about this guy. He, 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 he was tormented. He couldn't move and he was in agonizing tremendous pain and all of a sudden it's gone and he probably didn't have a clue as to why but all of a sudden he's sitting up and he's standing up he goes i can move <laughs> i can walk my pain's gone probably days later he was telling people you wouldn't believe what happened to me you wouldn't believe it i was i was paralyzed i couldn't move i was tormented and excruciating pain and all of a sudden it was gone Church, God can still do that. He still does that. And He wants to do that in our lives. And don't get me wrong. I thank God for doctors. I thank God for nurses. I appreciate it. And God does work through the doctors and the nurses and the, the, the intelligence that He's given our scientists to discover these things that help aid the body in healing. But church, there's never been a doctor that healed anybody. They aid the healing process that God created in the body. Amen? And this guy didn't have a doctor, apparently. I don't know. But even if he did, there wasn't any hope for him until Jesus spoke the Word. I want you to stand with me. I want the worship team to come if they would. And I want to ask you, do you have a heart that cares? When you see someone at your workplace, whether you're the owner or whether you're the employee, when you see someone that's struggling, that needs prayer, are you ready to be the middleman? Do you believe God's Word just like the centurion? I've seen miraculous healings. And I've seen healings that God worked through the doctors. I thank God for that. Years ago, I prayed for a man that had 13 cancer specialists tell him he was eaten up with cancer and that there was no hope. They didn't think they are going to open him up. When they opened him up, they couldn't find any cancer in his body whatsoever. His body before the surgery was completely yellow. His eyes were yellow. His skin was yellow. And they said, we're, we're positive that you have cancer. And that's why you're turning yellow. And guess what? After the surgery, the doctor came in and says, I can't explain it, but we couldn't find any cancer in your body at all. And guess what? He wasn't yellow anymore. But he had a church praying for him. He had pastors praying for him. He had people that were like the centurion that stood in and said, 
God, we're welcoming Your Word into this situation. One of the best things that we can do with all the fear going around in the coronavirus is to be ready to pray. To be centurions. To say God declares in His Word that He is our healer. I believe Him. I've received it. He's touched my life. He has changed my life and healed me in various ways. And I'm believing that God is going to touch you and bring healing to you. I'm also believing in Psalm 91 where God says that no pestilence is going to come near your house. Read that in your house. Read it over your family. Pray it over your family. Write it out on paper and nail it on your wall. Amen? That's the God we serve. That's His Word. And that's the Word of God that we trust, we believe in. Our lives depend on it. I want the prayer team to take their places this morning at the back of the auditorium and at the front. And we want to pray with you today. If you have a, a, a need for, that the Lord, you need Him to enter into that situation, that arena. You believe, church, that God, nothing is impossible for God. It could be a financial need today. Nothing's impossible for our God. Amen? Am I the only one that's here today? I don't know. I love this message. I don't know about y'all, but... You love it too? Okay. Two of us like it. It's, word, it's God's Word. It's His truth, church. Let's lay hold of it. Let's believe it. Let's come with our hearts open to receive what God desires to do in our lives. Amen. I want you to bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you so much for the truth in the 8th chapter of Matthew. Lord, we can't get away from what your word declares. And Lord, I pray that every person that has a need today, that needs You to enter into that arena of circumstance, that You would come with all Your authority and with all Your power. Lord, You have ultimate authority in every area. There's nothing that's impossible for You. And so Lord, we just... Bring these areas of circumstance to You today and we welcome Your healing into those areas. And Lord, I pray that You would surprise people today. Just like that servant was surprised. He was hurting, anguish. And all of a sudden, he was healed. He was whole. Lord, I pray for sudden surprises of Your grace and Your healing power in the lives of Your people. Lord, bless Your people. Bless Your people. Lord, help us to have faith to step out and to trust the Word of the living God. Lord, we just ask it in Jesus' mighty name. As the worship team begins to lead us in a song, church, will you step out and come and just let us pray with you today and let us agree.
Our prayer team are like that centurion. They're, they're middlemen. They want to point you to Jesus. They want to pray His Word over your life and over your situation. Whatever that is today, will you come?